movies from the 5th edition of 1001 Movies to See Before You Die, and then we talk about them. In this week, we're talking about 1957's Throne of Blood by Akira Kurosawa, also known as Kumono Sujo. I'm Eric Marcinkowski. I'm Alistair Rathbone. This is a dagger which I see before me, the handle toward my hand. Come, let me clutch thee. Now, this is Throne of Blood, Kurosawa, yes. our uh, first Kurosawa. Yes, our first of six. I was looking it up. We technically, for everyone playing the home game, out of the fifth edition of A Thousand and One Movies to See Before You Die, we've done three out of the four Roman Polanski movies. We'll try and hold off on getting around to the, the last one, but we still have one more to go. But this will be our first of six Kurosawa movies which are still in the book to do. In the fifth edition of, of the book, there are six Kurosawa films, and this is our first. This movie, it is Macbeth. But in feudal Japan instead of medieval Scotland. Yes, and I love it. That was a quote uh, from Mac one of Macbeth's famous soliloquies, uh, Come Dagger, I Clutch at Thee. This movie is, uh, is, is, is really good. It is amazing. It's one of my favorite movies that we've watched this year, for sure. Should we give them the briefest of rundown rundowns, or are, are we confident that our audience is familiar with Macbeth? I think that we should just do an overview of Macbeth. Okay. Um, just for everyone... Uh, I took it in, in high school. I, I imagine most people did. Uh, Macbeth is, and this movie also, is basically the story of a man who would become the king of a castle through treachery and deceit. Uh, and it's all prophesized by, in Macbeth, uh, by three witches. In Throne of Blood, it is prophesized by an evil forest spirit. So, Washizu is the man in this movie who will become the great lord of Spider's Web Castle. Uh, him and his other, his his best friend uh, in general are returning from a victory of a battle and they encounter this wood spirit. Which was hella scary. Yes. I'm just gonna say, when I was watching this, I was watching this after work at night in my room with all the lights out. Yeah. And anytime the evil spirit shows up, that's really eerie and ominous and definitely scarier than any depiction I've seen of the three witches. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I don't don't find rhyming couplets too terrifying. Sure. Uh, it kind of reminds me uh, of uh, in Los Solvidados when there's that surrealist scene in the middle of the movie where things are just kind of weird and like the, the, the dialogue isn't syncing up with what the spirit type dream sequence is saying. In this movie, the wood spirit is saying words, but they don't quite line up and it's a pretty unsettling effect. All in white, white hair, white makeup, spinning fibers on like a, like a spinning wheel. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to, th there's a lot of symbolism in there of like, it's sort of like the, the wheel of, of fate that he's spinning in like mm. their lives but also like it is spider web forest so okay. he's also sort of oh. like a spider demon so the uh, evil forest spirit lay lays on wa washizu and mickey washizu and mickey lays on them a prophecy says uh, to washizu uh, it says you will be lord of the north garrison and uh then lord of spiderweb's castle so that's a double promotion for him and then it says to mickey you will be lord of first fortress which is the current post that washizu has uh and then he said but your son will be lord of spiderweb castle yes. thereafter and that's the setup and I that's the setup and they go to their great lord and they get they're rewarded and they each get like a nice fancy sword and watch it but uh, this is a warning to any of our listeners who may be uh of royal 
royal descent, if you honor someone and then they go bug-eyed and looked really freaked out, yes, that is probably a sign that they're going to murder you. Well, they're uh, so they've they've encountered this evil spirit and they are going to Spider's Web Castle to be rewarded by their great lord or who they've just defended in this battle. And they kind of sit down outside. They're both very tired and they have a bit of a conversation like, "Ah ha ha! What what ridiculous folly that mm-hmm. encounter was! Uh, we sh- we shouldn't believe it." And yet they kind of both say that at the same time. And when that night they are rewarded by their great master, uh, their great lord, each with a promotion that exactly follows the prophecy they both they both are shocked and they kind of walk away with it like holding their their so these these wonderful swords these trophies they've been giving given with these promotions they walk away just like shocked they like they yeah. didn't think it was going to happen yeah and see and that's and that's part of the reason why like you've got to go out and really watch really good foreign films because really good acting doesn't need subtitles well i would say that there's a couple scenes in this movie that have very little dialogue there is Washizu's wife who i believe is a asagi Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene where she has convinced Washizu to kill his great lord. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue between the two of them where she's convincing him. She has a, great, a couple great lines like, would you risk the world? Yeah. I think is something she says. She convinces him to kill their great lord and take his position. And she goes and gets him the spear to do it and says, you can blame this other traitor, that uh, this spy. You can blame the spy. And there's a scene where she's like going to get the bloodied spear once Washizu comes back from killing the great lord. She's going to like put the evidence planted on someone and clean her hands and it's about two or three minutes of no dialogue and just her moving around in the dark at night kind of setting up this whole thing and that's it's a really good scene and that's one of the big scenes also in Macbeth the whole conversation between Macbeth and Lady Macbeth to kill Duncan in in Macbeth Lady Macbeth convinces him but he does it on his own like she doesn't give him the sword and then take the sword and plant the evidence I don't don't recall that partially it's it what i remember of macbeth she isn't quite as involved in in the actual killing but i could be mistaken Macbeth stabs him he's so shaken that lady macbeth has to take charge in accordance with her plan she frames duncan's sleeping servants for the murder so oh, that's exactly okay. what happens that's exactly yeah, what yeah. happens no i was like i'm pretty sure that like other than some like plot slight adjustments for culture like sure. instead of the three witches it's uh, the spirit and the great lord instead of the king. Like, it's pretty much everything else happens in Macbeth that's, uh, happens, like, ha- it has Everything that happens in Throne of Blood is the plot of Macbeth. Okay. All the little details are still kind of yeah, there. There's, yeah, the, yeah, the important details are there. I think we should talk a little bit about some of the people who made, you know, were involved in the making of this movie. Of course, yes. Kurosawa himself. Uh, this came around the middle of his career. He was just a few years after uh, Rashomon, which is and, one of his... And Seven Samurai. Yeah, Seven Samurai and Rashomon had been made. Rashomon won the Golden Lion at Venice in 1951 or 52. I don't think he knew it was being entered. I think the production company or one of his producers submitted it on his behalf. And I don't think anyone in France knew Venice. that... Uh, sorry, in That's Venice. Italy. A lot, I don't think there was much recognition of, like, Japanese cinema up to that point. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a gaining of, of stature for Japanese cinema. And there's a lot of movies that were influenced by this movie. The cinematographer in this. Uh, he was quite illustrious. That was uh, Asukozo Nakaki. He also went on to do uh, Seven Samurai and Stray Dog, which are also Kurosawa films. Yeah. Also, we see in Throne of Blood, Kurosawa's favorite leading man, uh, Toshiro Mifune, who plays Washizo. He was the lead in Rashi on Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress, and Yojimbo. So Yojimbo, of course. You you know who this guy is if you are a fan of Kur- Kurosawa films. And we will be talking more about his performances because he was 
he's great in this, great in Seven Samurai. Uh, I actually haven't seen all of Rashomon yet, so yeah, and I haven't seen Yojimbo either. But if you've seen Yojimbo, Yojimbo is was remade into A Fistful of Dollars, oh, by, which was uh, the Man with No Name, Clint yes, Eastwood. I've seen that one. <laughs> so you kind of have. I mean, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Much um, in the same I've way that anyone who's seen, yeah, you've seen Seven Samurai, or if you've uh, had a weird education like I've had and read Seven Against Thebes, you've, you've gone back to the roots, as it were. Yeah, and of course, there's the big one, the Hidden Fortress, which is uh, the basis for one of, I mean, one of your favorite movies, Star Wars. Yes, uh, that's another Kurosawa film. We won't get into that right now, but uh, his movies are tremendously influential. I was reading. Uh, and I think it's Rashomon. Yeah. Um, it was the first movie where anyone ever pointed the camera at the sun. Huh. Like, in movies. That's it cool. It was in the 40s, I think. And he was the first person, like, pointed up at the sun through some trees as, like, a set piece. That's interesting. And this film itself, Throne of Blood, is influential in depictions and stagings of Macbeth to this day. Uh, in fact, Michael Fassbender, who was in the most recent sort of Hollywood version of Macbeth, has been on record as saying that this is his favorite version of the Shakespeare play. Yeah, I'd buy that. I've seen Macbeth a few times in, in I've seen movies, I've seen plays, and this one does a good job of getting rid of the, not, not to say getting rid of it, but the the dialogue in Macbeth, like the, um, the prose or the, the iambic pentameter, all the soliloquies, that stuff's great in the Shakespearean setting, but this is a lot leaner. Mm-hmm. There's there's like dialogue between him and his wife where she's trying to convince him, but it's not that formal. It's it's still pretty formal because they are lords, so they speak to each other in a formal way. But it's not long soliloquies. It's very terse. Yeah, no, no one is there. Are, no one is really making soliloquies. It's mostly just all dialogue, which mm-hmm. is very very good. Makes it more watchable as you say and also it moves at a very good pace it moves a good pace in the sense that it is a very well-paced movie it slows down when it needs to slow down and build tension and then speeds up when it needs to speed up although on that topic of it speeding up i noticed some things that did sort of take it out of me uh for me at sometimes where they uh especially when he's washizu is dying at the end and he's coming down the steps mm. they very obviously like just did some really quick edits to move him along that much faster okay and you see that a couple times with people getting on and off horses. Mm-hmm. Speaking of horses, the one thing that really bugged me was, I get why they did this. They shot it this way to, to show the passage of time. But I would have just... You know when Washizu and Mickey are coming through out of the, the spiderweb forest, and they are now coming to the castle? Yes. And they're just riding back and forth, away yeah. from the camera and towards the camera. And I'd be fine with that if like, I didn't see them their silhouettes turn around in the mist. Yes. Well, if they I... had gone out of view and then turned around, I'm fine. That's fine. You, I, I would think that the camera would be moving, but the fact that I could see them turn around, I'm like, I know they're not moving anywhere, they're just riding up and down in front of the camera. Yeah, what that was is uh, near the beginning of the movie, they're uh, going to their great lord to say, hey, we have won, and they get lost in the fog. And it's it's a couple minutes of them just kind of riding aimlessly, and, and you're right. And that's they just... fine. You can set up a movie to have someone get lost in the fog. Yes. But at, like, with all the work that went into Throne of Blood, sure. you would have been like, come on. Yeah. Like, they got... Um, Cut it. Because they, the, like, they did put a lot of work into this. Oh, yeah. 
they, they huge built, amounts of extras uh, like sets. yeah the exterior shots were like of the castle were actually built on location at yep. the foot of mount fuji they filmed some of it in fuji forest interior shots were shot shot on the studio yep. but where it needed to be like at spiderweb castle they brought volcanic soil from mount fuji to there oh. so they're going to all that like do you think they could have done a little bit better job on dictating the passage of time in the film that's my only criticism of throne of blood yeah i, I don't really have uh, very many gripes about this movie no, um, it's great. I, I, the interior courtyard of spider's web castle is apparently also a set yes uh it was very because it was but very it, foggy and it was controlled yeah um like the not that's, that's filmed at toho studios though not yes. on location at mount fuji Exactly. And there's a couple great scenes where, so near the end of the movie, uh, Macbeth's fortunes take a turn. They make the comment that all of the, the noblemen who normally would be around the castle have just kind of left, and there's none of the noblemen are there anymore. He's just kind of sitting alone in a room with his sword, being kind of a crazy person. All the servants are like kind of whispering behind his back. He's very tyrannical. He, he kills some servants who displease him. This is kind of where it's going at the end. And there's a prophecy, a second prophecy from the evil spirit that says, until the trees of the forest rise up against you, you will never be defeated in battle. And so he makes a bold proclamation to his army as the enemy army is at the gates of the castle saying, I can never be defeated in battle until the trees rise up against me. And there's 500, maybe not 500, but there's hundreds of extras in, in costume standing before him. And it's a lot of effort went into this movie mm-hmm. in terms of the, the cast and the army scenes. And, and the production as well. Actually, did you know that to help build the sets, they enlist members of the United States Marines who were stationed in Japan, near on a nearby base. Oh, okay. Yeah. 19, yeah. 1950s. Okay. Well, yeah. But there's still American bases in Japan to this day. Sure. But not so many. But yeah, no, so it, there was a lot of work into it, and it reminds me a lot in, in scale, uh, especially the way they filmed some of the battle scenes, vaguely reminiscent of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Yes. Well, there was some, you know, there was a big battle on Game of Thrones recently that mm-hmm. was pretty neat, and there are some staged pitch battles in this movie where you have horses riding around and extras and they're running up hills and they're attacking. It's pretty complex stuff for a movie made now 60 years ago, almost 60 years ago. Another interesting production note is the final murder of yes. Washizu Macbeth. So those are real arrows, not being shot into him, but shot into the walls, which is why you'll notice he always flails in the direction he's about to run or or where he wants them to shoot it. So that's why he's waving his arms, because he's like, I'm going to go this way, so shoot the other way. Those were all choreographed. Now, they did have different ones to, to on, on string that didn't hurt him, but the reason they were shooting real arrows into the walls is so that they could get a real look of fear. It's a pretty good way to get a real look of fear there's a couple other movies that have done that that kind of thing where yeah where they do something kind of legit my favorite one to get the real authentic fear reaction is alien the chest buster oh yes okay no one else but john hurt knew what the fuck was gonna happen yeah well the one i know is uh, in deer hunter there's the scene where they're playing russian roulette and apparently there was a real bullet in the gun the director himself was in control of the gun and at the beginning of every take would reset it so that it wouldn't be the next bullet but apparently christopher walken and robert de niro wanted i don't remember who wanted it but they there was a real bullet in that gun apparently that's terrifying that is pretty terrifying just to kind of explain what happens to bushizu uh, right at the end of the movie his troops 
dwarves betray him as he has killed their great lord they kind of realize that it was him so they say i think he says will you allow the enemy to kill your great lord and they say who killed our last great lord oh no it's high treason to kill a great lord yes and they say who killed our last great lord yeah so they decide to kill him open the gates to the enemy uh the rightful heir of the throne and it's just assumed that everything will go right with the kingdom yet again because just like in macbeth and a lot of the tragedies that shakespeare writes when things are at their worst and most topsy-turvy the land themselves starts coming there's wolves howling birds at one point birds just burst into the throne room those are all portents of like this is just bad this is the kingdom itself saying no 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 none of this is right so what's your favorite part of the movie clearly him getting shot to death by the arrows it's okay. just the best part it's great and it's exciting and it's extremely well filmed it's not cheesy it's not good for the time it's not even now the look on his face the look of fear and the way it was filmed is awesome there's a couple scenes in this movie that are just great and some of the camera work uh there's mm-hmm. a lot of like dolly shots and uh there's a part where like people are riding on horses and there's the camera is in a car following along there's a lot of great camera work in this but yeah. the arrows my favorite part is anything with the evil spirit mm. especially the first one because after they go through and they find all the piles of bones and stuff because th- that evil spirit was just terrifying yeah. And really well done. So that's my favorite part. Well, there's a great shot in that scene where uh, the spirit is in like this hut made of bleached white sticks. And they open the door and they confront him. And that's where the prophecy happens. Uh, and at the end of that scene, he disappears. And they kind of like, where did he go? And they walk into the hut and they like tear down one of the walls. And the camera follows them through. And they kind of like stand there looking for him on the other side of the hut. And the camera then pulls back and the hut has disappeared. Mm-hmm. So clearly the camera went into the hut. And then while that was happening, stagehands would have pulled it away and I guess brush the soil so it didn't appear as if it had been there which you know it's a pretty simple thing to do I'm mean, not simple but it's understandable how they did it but the effect is, is, great. is amazing yes no I, I completely agree there's a couple great great effects like just practical effects in this movie like oh, that yeah. Kurosawa has a great eye for practical effects and staging things for the camera yes what is your least favorite part uh, as I mentioned before the bullshit with the horses riding around in mm. circles to show the passage of time that's the, my only problem my real only major I did not like that part of the movie because like I can forgive the quick cuts when people are going up and down stairs or getting on and off a horse because those are really really infrequent and I'm only noticing it really because I'm looking for shit but man the the horse thing with them riding back and forth in circles that's just sloppy yeah I'd probably agree with you it's it's one of the few missteps I'd say about this movie but I mean everything else makes up for it so oh yeah no the, the rest of the film is amazing so really that one thing is nothing so it's pretty obvious is this a movie you should see before you die eric if you even like movies at all i would say yes if you if you like seeing the movies that inspire all the movies that are made now watch this movie because it took an old shakespearean play and kind of brought it onto film maybe not the first time but certainly one of the first and best times it and other movies that kurosawa did have been very influential and this oh, is yes. a great movie. this is a fantastic movie i 100 percent agree with you this is absolutely a movie you need to see before you die we are in agreement yeah well it, how can you not well yeah that's fair like it's very hard to not like kurosawa films or well it's the big kurosawa films seven samurai rashomon thrones of blood yojimbo the big ones we're going to be watching a couple of like i said there are six films in there we are going to get to his rendition of king lear from the 80s which is called ran uh and then that's one of his almost last films yeah and then there's a couple couple uh yeah but that's the last one that is in the book is ran oh okay Oh, There's yeah, only Rand. six in the book. They don't have that. That's the most recent Kurosawa film they put in the book. Okay. Then we have a couple whose names escape me. One that was made with help from the Soviet Union. 
that the one in the seventies, and then another one which I think is in between was released in between Rashomon and Seven Samurai, or maybe before both those films. Okay, I think it's before. Yeah, it's it, but that one's more of a modern day one. Okay, I can't remember what that one's called. Well, there's more Kurosawa coming up uh, at some point in the future, and I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to it. After, do we want to do a rapid fire recommendation or just leave it at just see this movie? Uh, well, I pers- I actually, I think there's a rapid fire recommendation that I can make for this movie. Uh, there's a version of Macbeth called Scotland, PA, and I, I do highly recommend it. What they did is they took Macbeth and they put it inside like a family restaurant in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, and Macbeth is the fry cook, and he becomes like he's the fry cook. And and the cashier is stealing money, so he chases him off. Then he becomes the cashier, and he's married to Lady Macbeth. It's a restaurant called Duncan's, and they turn it into like a McDonald's-style fast food restaurant. And Christopher I- Walken's in it, and Andy Dick is in it, and it's a pretty funny adaptation of the movie. That's what I've been told uh, ever since high school. Scotland, PA has been rec- to, recommended to me, but I've yet to watch it. Maybe I think we'll just leave it at that then. That's a good, that- good solid recommendation for this. For other versions of Macbeth, yeah. you can't go wrong with that one. All right, so I. I believe it's time to roll for initiative. Okay, so we're going to use a random number generator to pick our next movie from the fifth edition of 1001 Movies to See Before You Die. We use the random number generator because if we don't, you know, we'll just pick all the movies that we like and then we'll never talk about foreign films and, you know, old movies that I've never seen. And yeah. we've been successful so far with the random number generator. With the random number generator. So let me pull it up and we'll pick our next movie. Okay, so the next movie we're watching is number 900, and... It's Cyclo from 1995. It is a joint Vietnamese and French production. I I always like seeing cinema that isn't Western, so hopefully we'll get something pretty cool out of Cyclo. This has been a brief history of cinema. As always, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at AbHawkPodcast, Facebook.com, slash Brief History of Cinema, and you can follow us... Follow us at soundcloud.com slash a brief history of cinema. We're also on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and like us uh, there so that you can always get the most updated episodes. And also it'll help us get to promote the episode. The more you rate and review, the higher up the charts we go. I'm Eric Marcinkowski. And I'm Alistair Rathbone. This has been a brief history of cinema. See you next week.